Hello and welcome to Between Two Curators, the podcast where two friends and, well, curators discuss art, life, and what, or rather, who inspires them. I'm Jen. Uh, and I'm Cliff. Um, and in this episode, we are absolutely pleased to have uh, Will Wheeler between two curators. Uh, and Will is a yoga teacher and he's co-founder of Level 6 Studio in Peckham, London. Welcome, Will. Welcome, Hi, Will. Hi, it's great to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. To be here somewhat virtually, <laughs> given the lockdown. Um, so, Will, there's so much to talk about because um, Jen and I both uh, love yoga. We both um, are super interested in well-being, uh, generally speaking. But uh, maybe you could get us started by telling us a bit about um, Level 6 um, that you co-founded. And that opened in January um, a couple of years ago, 2018. Um, and, and tell us about how you got that idea and how you got, got started with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Level 6 is a culmination. It's a project um, among four friends, uh, myself, Ben, Woody, and Tanya. And um, Level 6 over the last couple of years has been an amazing journey in terms of uh, pulling together an amazing collective of yoga teachers and well-being specialists and professionals. And uh, the four of us co-founders have all come from different backgrounds. And um, we bring uh, all of us very different skill set uh, to the table. Um, level six started when I met Ben Rose, who's a lawyer and a big yoga fan. And oh. he was really keen to open up a studio and uh, to bring his kind of passion of yoga and food into the same space. Uh, a couple of years ago, we started to have that chat and that's really where it came about. These discussions turned into longer meetings and lunches and uh, we decided that it might be really fun and uh, interesting, <laughs> a bit of a roller coaster to, uh, to open up <laughs> yeah. a studio and, uh, and that's where we are now. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, as Cliff mentioned, we're both really into yoga. We've been to a number of yoga studios. So I guess obviously there's this friendship that led to the establishment of, of level six and you've spoken about passion and the fact that he was a lawyer and you'll have different backgrounds, but we have to ask, um, and this is completely out of love, but why another yoga studio? <laughs> what really sets, um, level six apart? Why another yoga studio? Well, you can never have too much yoga, right? I think the more people yeah. doing yoga, the better. <laughs> uh, yeah. my attitude is definitely no matter where the studios are, that, uh, there is room, uh, for everyone and there is uh, yoga is is something that is possible for every person to do and that's definitely something that is in our ethos of the studio so we've got a program of classes that we've put together for um, those that uh, want to have a dynamic yoga practice but also those that maybe can't move so well uh, mm, or maybe they it. don't have yeah. the funds to practice at your everyday yoga studio and I think we know that yoga is often practiced by certain types of people. And one of the things that we wanted to do, especially with a studio in Peckham, is, is make a place that appeals to community and appeals to everybody. Um, so we have a lot of classes, just to give an example, because we do quite a few bits of community. We have programs for people who are blind. Uh, we've worked with homeless groups. We've worked with foster parents. So there's a real mix in our, in our spectrum of classes. And you've got kids yoga as well. Um, and that's certainly Is one that of the, the things that I Is that the one you go to, Cliff? Yeah, I, I go to kids <laughs> yoga. <laughs> I haven't graduated yet. 
Um, <laughs> one of the things, you know, that struck me about it, you know, I attended early, early on just to check it out. And, you know, uh, it's, it's in um, this converted car park. Uh, in Peckham, mm. and you know there were the space heaters because the car park isn't you know had to had to be fitted out a little bit. Um, but one of the things that made uh, and still makes level six really special um, is how personable it is and how much of a, a welcome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, you guys, uh, um, Will and Woody and and Co, were all um, super friendly and really uh, made an effort to learn everyone's names, see where people were coming from, have really interesting discussions about what they were interested in, um, uh, how they were interested in participating. And you've got your sort of three words are yoga, people, um, and nourishment. Um, and so I wonder if you'd speak about the kind of the people, but also the food side, because the food is the really good side. Yeah, I picked up on the nourishment. I was like, oh, I love that word. And I use the word to nourish like several times, like, I don't know, not several times per day necessarily, but I do think like, oh, is this going to nourish me, whether it be an interaction, whether it be food, whether it be an action, a mindset. And I, 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 it really struck me, I have to say, when I, when I landed on your page, I was like, oh, I feel you. <laughs> ah, thanks, Jen. Well, I'm glad you like the word nourishment. Um, I think, like you say, it appeals to more than just a food element. It could be in yeah. a relationship. It could be in the type of yoga practice that you're doing at the moment. Um, so the people, I'll start with uh, Cliff's first point on people, I guess, uh, having that personal connection is really important to us. Uh, greeting people at the door when they come in, making sure that uh, they feel welcome if it's their first time uh, in the studio, maybe it's their first time in Peckham. We really want to make an impression and, and give people a personal touch so that they feel like the experience is more than just going in and practicing a yoga class. And I think we're in really interesting times at the moment because people often say, well, why a yoga studio? Why not just do yoga at home? And obviously now we've all been forced into that place, right, of doing yoga at home. But one of the things that I think is amazing about the studio is the energy. And it's what most people uh, have to say about Level 6 is that it's got this vibe that's very friendly and very welcoming. Um, and most people say that about the studio and about the teachers um, and also with the food. Uh, we try and combine that with different uh supper clubs we try and bring it into our brunches we even do a community walk where uh, woody who's our head chef and co-founder he uh, makes a packed lunch and we go on a walk in the countryside so there's loads of different ways that this nourishment and uh, people and that ethos can come through yeah i love that and just from speaking to you you feel the warmth no loads of warmth and a, and a great sense of community i think yeah, it's truly incredible. And I love what you were saying beforehand, just to tie into your point before of, you know, working with different groups, whether it be you know, a group of individuals who are blind or who, you know, the diversity of Peckham, that's something that I'm familiar with from having actually done several mentorship sessions with the arts organization that's above you on the rooftop of the car park. Um, and to your point, yeah, you know, I think there's... You can practice yoga, but if you're not actually practice seva, the act of seva, then are you really doing yoga? Are you really caring, right? Which actually somehow loops back into, to a certain extent, you know, what, what, this, what this whole podcast is about, which is about caring in various different types of forms and disciplines. But I think perhaps now could be an interesting moment to hear a little bit about your journey. Like, how did you get here? I mean... You are a yoga teacher. You founded this incredible space. Um, 
What's your journey, Will? <laughs> T- tell us how you got from the bedroom to the lounge this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's my big commute at the moment, going yes. from one room in my small apartment to another. Um, well, I've had kind of a, a mix, really, of, uh, of different jobs and different careers. So I started out and I moved to London to be an actor. And I went to drama school and I worked as an actor for about five or six years. Um, but as with most actors, uh, you do many other jobs in that time. And I think that gave me a real sort of taste of different um, communities, different groups of people and, and working with people from different walks of life. Uh, I had so many jobs before uh, I sort of settled on teaching yoga. I worked on a, a cheese stall at a farmer's market. I did <laughs> telecommunications. I've done so many different uh, jobs as well as doing like screen and performance work. Um, and then I, I started to go to yoga class and I did yoga at drama school. Um, so we had, we had classes in movement and Tai Chi and yoga and and martial arts, stage combat, all sorts of different um, movement experiences and being exposed to them was great. And I, I did yoga there and I, I kind of, I got it, but I wasn't in a regular practice. And then I discovered hot Mm. yoga. And it was from there that I started working at a hot yoga studio. I got the bug for hot yoga. I was going four or five times a week, sometimes more. And I just loved the feeling that yoga had on my body and it calmed my mind. And I thought, wow, this is something that I want to recreate again and again and again. And because I really felt such a connection to it, I wanted to share it with other people. So I was bringing all my friends to yoga class and I was pulling people anywhere I could in the supermarket. I was like always talking to people about the effects that yoga can have on you. Um, Can I just say, did you really really approach people in the supermarket? (laughs) Yeah, I've met people on the tube yeah. before. Have you tried yoga? <laughs> Hello. Dripping in sweat in the vegetable section. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Supermarket tube. Um, I've honestly met people and they're now friends and now in my yoga class. So uh, I Amazing. am always open to Amazing. Where, people find, where people, where you could find people, where you could find clients. <laughs> oh. And and starting out as um as an actor, Will, which I which I hadn't realized until um found out a bit more about your bio. Um did that help you uh was it a natural transition for you into the uh the performative aspects, the in you know, in giving instruction, the sort of stagecraft of yoga, but as well as holding the space? Yeah, absolutely. I think it did give me a a bit of a helping hand having come from an acting background. I think that I was still very nervous in my early days of teaching and uh, getting to grips with yoga. But I certainly feel like when I when I got more confident as a yoga teacher, my um, that training or that stage presence, whatever, really helped to bring my teaching up a notch by maybe voice work or just holding a room. And I, I've taught a couple of big classes at festivals where there's been maybe three, 400 people and no, (laughs) no, it's quite, it's quite insane. insane. But having that training, I think first in acting really helped to just go, okay, this is what you're feeling. (laughs) Maybe it's this, but what's the message? And like the message is still yoga or the philosophy or whatever it is. And I think that having had those little tools in acting first really helped to um, kind of ground me, but also to give me a bit of a 
a bit of energy or a bit of adrenaline, whatever it might be, depending on the class. Um, so I definitely feel like that helps in terms of bringing performance into a yoga space. Yeah. Wow. Four, three, 400 people that, I mean, that's incredible. That is basically being in a theater and, and being on stage and having, having, um, an audience watching you that kind of dynamic rather than the sort of one-to-one -one relationship that's pretty incredible that's insane i mean also it's just like do you have yoga rock stars i guess maybe you do now <laughs> like this is um i and it's the energy that you must feel when you're looking at these different people not only reverberating out of yourself but between each other that's that's really incredible i'd love to experience that Note to self. <laughs> um, you wear Glastonbury, is that right, Will? Yeah. Yeah, I taught some classes at Glastonbury last year. Right. That was amazing. Yeah, that was my first time at Glastonbury and an amazing experience to teach there and uh, to teach that many people in a, in a sort of set yoga area for the first time um, was, was brilliant. Yeah, something I want to return to. Yoga. You know yoga what I really star. sense? Yeah, totally. You know what I sense or just from like, speaking to you and like the, the sense of tone and so on and so forth, and the way that you describe your journey. And I really love it is this sense of fun, this sense of enjoyment, the sense of sharing. Um, and I think that sometimes when you're in the yoga space and it can be such focus on not that you're losing the mindfulness, but it can be so home, namaste. It's lovely to feel that that little vibration, right? That, that is like a sparkling hug. I don't know. I get that coming across. Well, it's, it's quite, it's, yeah, it's really, it's I really think amazing. Every teacher is unique and, and, you know, we all bring yeah. our own individual um, personality to it. And so I think that's what students that go to class will ultimately connect with is a teacher's personality and how the message of yoga comes across. And there are, there are amazing teachers out there who are, who are very technical and amazing teachers who are uh, really clued up on anatomy and the physiology of the body. And I think that people connect to different teachers for different reasons. And I'd say now that I've, I've sort of got to know myself and my own teaching journey a bit more, I, I'd say that's probably one of the uh, things about my class is bringing this sense of enjoyment and uh, liberation in the body. Can I ask you one more question? Because so for me personally, most of my yoga teachers are women and most classes that I go to, I'd say is about 70% women. I mean, I'm sure that this is something that you've encountered as well. And do you, I mean, it sounds like it's quite equal, like men and women that have founded level six, for example, but do you find that you're encouraging more and more, like there's been a gender bias, at least in the West. Um, I don't know if this is something that you've encountered or you're addressing yeah definitely i think that there are there's still that split and you see it all the time in classes whether it's group classes or something at a festival um i think that at level six one of the things that we've tried to do is make yoga even more accessible so we've put on various classes for men we've done lots of beginners workshops to introduce men to yoga for the first time um i've worked with a few different brands as well and fitness brands like nike and um a couple of other uh, sort of more sporty brands that make mm. yoga uh, the forefront in people's minds and i think that there is more and more uptake in in guys doing yoga um i definitely feel like there's a long way to go and that it's still it's <laughs> not quite 50 50 but i think that the more messaging you can put out there and and just to show that it's something that's open and it's there right cliff um, i think i think that's uh a okay <laughs> yeah no definitely right <laughs> um i mean one of the great things that uh that's part of the ethos 
I feel at level six, but also comes directly out of uh, you, Will, is that um, it's about a kind of bridge building. So there's lots of um, classes that move into other aspects of movement or the body or wellness um, that that basically create new introductions and, and sort of hybrid forms and formats um, so that people can bring different ideas and expertise to um, you know, a, a, a sort of regular, very narrow-minded yoga class. It's it's much more wide open than that. Mm. Cross training is the word I'm looking for. Cross training, um, yeah, maybe or hybrids, yeah. <laughs> um, just wanted to ask you, Will, about the to to go back and and in a way to talk about the different things that people bring uh, as an, as teachers and instructors, um, and that's because yoga is often. Um, it's more of a, a, a lifestyle. It's, it's almost like a vocational choice where it can be for people. Um, and I wonder if you could sort of speak about the outside of the studio aspects of uh, being a yoga teacher, um, whether for some people um, that might be um, being vegetarian or vegan um, for, for others, it, 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 or for actually most teachers, it, it involves an endless amount of, of admin um, trying to keep keep all the all the balls in the air, all the wheels in motion, um, while usually at the same time getting on multiple forms of transports to zoom around between studios. So tell us a bit about that sort of bigger picture of, of being a teacher. Yeah, I think that's great, Cliff, because there's sort of two parts there. There's the first part, which is, okay, so what is yoga off the map? Is it about uh, activism for animals or for the planet? Um, I think a lot of people, whether they're teachers or not, or students of yoga, or uh, maybe they're coming to yoga, but they've come from a sort of environmental background or uh, a background that's, you know, looking after mental well-being or or health, nutrition. I think a lot of these different types of people in different groups see the benefit of yoga. And so you start to see that there, there's many ways to kind of join the dots and, um, and work on your practice of yoga that way, whether it's um, a journaling exercise. We hear a lot about the mindfulness word is thrown around quite a lot now, mindfulness for this, mindfulness for that. Um, <laughs> and I think that's great. And it's, you know, it's definitely got a place. Um, but uh, I, I think that there's so, so much of that, that we're, we're con continually told, be mindful when you do this, be mindful when you do that. Um, and I definitely think it helps. But uh, like you're saying, Cliff, there's, I think yoga teachers, it's often seen that their their role is in the studio, but there's a lot more to, to it than that, like uh, sequencing and um, class planning, Spotify, working out your playlists. And uh, I think that's one of the things that I do enjoy about teaching is this multi-dimensional form. And uh, as you know, Cliff, I'm a big fan of Jiva Mukti Yoga. And one of the things that Jiva encourages is us to use quite, you know, inspiring and strong music and playlists, as well as having a theme and a philosophy in a class and a focus. Um, and so there's a lot that goes up. There's a lot that's in the, in the process of uh, teaching that isn't just what you see the, the sort of teacher doing. It would be the same in a yeah. school or the same for any kind of facilitator or presenter, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a big part. And, and, you know, the lifestyle is, it's about healthy food and, uh, you know, trying to live your best life. But there's a lot when London is working of hopping on a tube and a bus and whizzing around to different studios. And I think for a lot of teachers, that can be quite a juggling act to mm. figure out uh, your routine and, and how you can kind of navigate that and all of the things that you need to do in order to do the act of teaching or the service of teaching. Yeah, absolutely. I think of... Um 
I mean, I'm sure that, I mean, Cliff, we've had this beforehand in our roles as curators where people arrive and they see, oh, the exhibition, it's all put together. It's, it's organized. And we're like, oh my God, have, if you saw what had gone behind this. <laughs> and um, I think of the analogy to a swan. You know, it's kind of graceful. It's kind of moving. Um, but really underneath that's some pretty heavy paddling. <laughs> um, so I really relate. That's really interesting. Perhaps you could tell us uh, a little bit more. I mean, Cliff knows. I don't know so much, and I'm very curious. Um, tell us a bo- bit more about this uh, Jiva Mukti course that you did. Yeah, Jiva Mukti is great. It's definitely my favorite style of yoga. Um, Jiva Mukti is, uh, is a practice that kind of encompasses the the sort of foundations and, and it's come originally from a physical aspect of Ashtanga yoga, but there's also a big part of Jiva Mukti is about um, animal activism, stewardship for the planet, um, your impact on uh, how you interrelate with all beings. And a big part of that for me is about compassion and having compassion for all beings, um, whether that's the choices in food that we're making, how we're using language. Um, I'm a really big fan of of using positive language. Even when I write an email, I'm trying not to say the don'ts. I'm trying to say the do's or uh, keeping yeah. things very kind of uh, optimistic or positive, if you like. Um, so that's some of the ways that it's it's come through, I think, from the practice to help my life um, in order to live a kind of freer and a a richer life. Um, and we have a few Jiva Mukti teachers at the yoga studio uh, and we do Jiva Mukti workshops and it's a practice that is uh, still sort of relatively new in the UK, but one that at level six, we're definitely trying to keep alive. I've, I've discovered um, I probably need Will to proofread my emails before I send them. <laughs> <laughs> make it more positive, make it more positive. Um, on on the spirituality um, side, uh, Will, there's uh, I mean there's so many different ways, of course, of um, approaching yoga. Um, but it's interesting that you uh, talk about the sort of well well roundedness. You know, there's the eight limbs of yoga. There's it, it being a lot about off the mat, of course, as well as on the mat. And I and I wondered how that works in a more um, explicit spiritual way. Um, which uh, can can have a mixed reception in contemporary culture today. Um, you know, I'll sometimes go to the to the U.S. and teachers are 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 very uh, clear and and almost um, worried or slightly fearful about being too spiritual because they might get a backlash from the class. So they they keep it very on a line. And I wonder how you how you saw that because of course it um, has intensely spiritual roots, um, but. You know, we live in in, in a sort of Western contemporary uh, culture, and that's where we practice. Yeah, it's really interesting, and I think it really varies area to area. Even in somewhere like London, incredibly mixed, and um, different studios according to their locations in 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 town will have very different um, client makeups in terms of how receptive they are to spirituality. And I feel so lucky that in Peckham, I could say jump and 10 people would jump with me. And I, I've tried things at other studios that have just landed flat on the floor. Oh. And I feel like when I suggest something in Peckham, it just, it really works. And I think the clients I in the studio are very receptive and very open to new things, whether that's from a physical place or a spiritual place. And what I found in the early stages of teaching was I would try to get uh, spirituality into a class 
at the kind of second point, but start with something very physical and then tune into something more uh, on a deeper level, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, and just sort of drip feeding it in as a way for it to, to sort of move into people's psyche. And uh, I definitely feel like it's something that's optional. I'm not um, suggesting that everyone comes out of class and they, they, they've had a spiritual experience because for a lot of people it, it won't be that and it will be a physical practice and that's okay. Um, but I think it's important that as teachers we, we offer that um, if it feels right and if the environment uh, of the class lends itself to that. So I think where possible it should be encouraged, but I definitely feel like I want to keep it open and that it's not for everyone. So I offer to set intention. I might offer a focus or um, some kind of dharma in the class, but it's not, a, it's not a must. It's there for those who want it and essentially a kind of take it if it's resonating with you, but leave it if it isn't. That's fantastic. Really, really, um, really clear. And great also to have so many different um, options for people, different ways of, of making it accessible. Um, so, Will, we have one last question for you, and it's a question that we ask all of our guests, um, and that is, what creative inspiration do you have to, uh, for our listeners? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's really important that if you're looking to be creative uh, or you uh, maybe are perhaps lacking a little bit of creativity or looking to add some more inspiration in your life that you create some time for it every day and mm. maybe it's not direct uh, maybe it's not a set hour but it's something where you go on a walk and you leave your phone to allow your mind to wander and I think that sometimes we think of uh, creativity or I certainly do if I'm looking at planning something or drawing inspiration that I, I sort of need to get into a certain mind frame but actually sometimes just doing less is sometimes an answer to that. I sound like a, a real yogi or a <laughs> meditator here, but actually I think it's really true. Like I, I, I went on a walk yesterday and I allowed myself just time to look around and not to sort of think or have to feel anything. And I think that when we allow those little pockets in our everyday life for even 10 minutes to sit still or 10 minutes to do something mindfully or quietly, I think that can lend itself towards finding inspiration. I love that. And especially the element of the everyday and that it doesn't have to be hours, you know, it can just be a little nugget, a little nugget to let your creative, creative soul be. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's enough rest to then give you the energy to do an hour of something i've got a huge flip chart over here with like <laughs> these rainbow post-it notes and if someone saw it they'd be like are you planning a primary school class yeah, what's or going you, on? yeah um but i think that that sometimes those moments come from giving yourself the time of of not doing it and, and maybe being bored or being you know having having some uh, time out to to let yourself experience that and and let it flow Fantastic. Actually spoken like a true yoga teacher, funnily enough. <laughs> um, thanks so much for that, Will. Where, where can we find you? What are, all, what are all the coordinates? Wow, you can find me at level six. I'm there quite a lot. Uh, most days uh, working with level six. So we're at level six Peckham on Instagram. I'm Will Wheeler. Hey, Will Wheeler on Instagram. Um, and I have a website, Will Wheeler Yoga. So uh, I'm on there offering various classes and um retreats and other offerings as well. So I would love to connect with you. 
Incredible. Well, hey, Will Wheeler, <laughs> uh, it was amazing having you with us. And, um, you know, to all our listeners, thanks for listening and um, join us next time for more creative chat. Mm-hmm.